I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Y'all know we are picky about our sponsors, and this one was handpicked by us because we absolutely love it. April and I are huge fans of Hot Source Yoga. Not only does their hot Pilates and hot sculpt keep us fit and feeling good, but we also have a ton of fun doing it. If you are in or around Santa Cruz, you got to check out Hot Source Yoga. And if you want to be extra badass and up your Pilates game or perhaps become a Pilates teacher, dive into their online hot Pilates teacher training anytime from the privacy of your own home. The founder, Nicole, is also one of my favorite life coaches who has helped hundreds of women empower themselves to make their dreams a reality. Nicole offers sessions in person or online. Use code SHAMELESS for $20 off your first coaching session at NicoleDuke.com. And be sure to visit HotSourceYogaStudio.com to see why it's our latest obsession. And now it's showtime. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, hearty, heartfelt folks. Hearty, har, har, har. No, heartfelt. It's, it's, oh. you know why? Why? It's Valentine's Day. It's almost Valentine's Day. That's what I'm saying. It's Martin almost. Luther King Day today. It is. When actually. we're recording this, it's Martin Luther King Day, which yes. is January 20, 20, 2020. Oh, is it 2020? It's, it's 1202020. Magic. Oh, today. The hippies are like, eh, it's a line. <laughs> it's a magical day. Um, oh, by the way, I was walking by New Leaf. Uh, the other day and there were some, you know, the, the chemtrails in the sky and some lady was losing her shit, like losing. We're all going to die. I was like, oh my God, is it like, what's happening? Is it the Armageddon? We're all, and she's screaming that at the top of her lungs. So what is the belief behind chemtrails? Maybe someone, one of our listeners can send us an email to, um, to clarify, but is it that it's uh, chemicals that is making it so that the government can like listen to listen us? to our brains or yes, something. something like that <laughs> or in our brains. Our I should have asked that lady. I'm sure she would have had something oh, you to would, say. You would have been talking to her for like a half oh, an hour. No. You got to be ready for that conversation. Oh man, that was just scary. So sorry to take it from love to uh, chemtrails. I mean, what I'll say, what I'll say for myself is that I think anything is possible. I'm not a conspiracy theorist in any way, shape or form. And I think some crazy shit's going down. I don't really know what it is, but I don't know. Aliens are real. <laughs> You're an alien. <laughs> Aliens are real. I don't trust them. Okay. So this episode, everyone, is on non-traditional relationships. What the hell does that mean? Um, are you, you're in a non-traditional relationship. Right now? I feel like I'm in a non-traditional relationship. What are we talking about? Well, that's the thing. Our, well, that's what I was saying. What was, yeah, was, they're, <laughs> they're just the non-traditional. What I think of, uh-huh. and, and and perhaps Kitty will shed more light on what those could look like. Yeah, I would think of like a man and a woman together forever, <laughs> and we're married, married and we're married. Yes, yeah. and we had babies, and yeah. it's like the typical heterosexual cis woman marries a cis man. Isn't it everyone's dream? 
Uh, hardly. And you're married and that's a traditional relationship as the Bible intended. And then you stay together forever and you're always happy. And you always want to fuck your partner forever. Yeah. Because and you never, you never see anyone 65. else that you're attracted to no. ever. Not oh, at all. Never. I only have eyes for you. Yeah. And you're, you're a beautiful dick forever. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, and maybe you do. There's different, I think that here's the thing. So I think when she's talking about non-traditional relationships, a lot of times she's talking about alternative relationship styles, meaning, um, you know, open relationships, polyamory, swinging, everything that's outside of the box and, um, and, and all the in-between. So yeah, what April's saying too is just not what we think of as your typical relationship right. in the, um, in, especially speaking to the Western world. So whether you are in a non-traditional relationship or not, there will probably be some very interesting tips and tricks for you to apply to relationships because it's all about communication. And I think that's what a lot of people experience when they're in non-traditional relationships is they actually practice more communication. Uh, and so there will be a lot of interesting things here for you. Um, we're also going to, yeah. you know, what I just watched, speaking of non-traditional relationships, based on your recommendation, that wanderlust on oh, Netflix, so that's good. the, I think a very great definition of oh a God, non-traditional it. relationship. It was a traditional relationship, yes. but based on their lack of sex and intimacy, they decided to open up their relationship. Yep. And they opened it up and also were communicating that to the people that they were but they kind of sleeping to, with. They stay together. They stay though. together. Yeah, they well, stay we together. Just gave it away, but yeah, they, they, yeah. they stay but well, but then it takes some twists and turns. So yeah, but so good. I it thought, is yeah. really good. So, so good. I felt like that was a really great example of someone doing it well. Yeah. I felt so much joy when I watched that and saw the way that they were working together and then having these really fulfilling relationships with other people. And then they come together and they'd be closer and more connected to each other. And then, yeah, I was just, I was like, oh, this is, so I just love this. It brought me joy just to know, and I know it's a Netflix thing, but people do this, you know, it makes me joy when I see that people are thinking outside of the box and making their own rules for relationship, even in monogamy. I have to comment on how great British television is <laughs> because it. they come out with a lot of amazingly groundbreaking blows my mind programming sex education is another one so good uh there's just so many of them that i love i mean peaky blinders is another one but not sex related <laughs> i'm like peaky fucking blinders <laughs> i love when you do that especially when you're like drinking at the same time like, wow she's wild right now well we are drinking some margins wine right now. That's true. We love it. It's, it's not early in the day. Not at all. No. Uh, okay. So some other things. So we're also going to dive in some Valentine's Day stuff because that is around the corner. Uh, so we have some recommendations for you, both some fun toys and things. Also some things that don't cost money for you to do for Valentine's Day. Um, and I'm teaching a workshop. If you are in Santa Cruz or in or around Santa Cruz on Valentine's Day, and this is 2020, I'm teaching a workshop with the wonderful Daniel Molner, who teaches uh, contact improv, ecstatic dance, et cetera and Santa Cruz. And if you go to his website, Daniel Molner, that's M-O-L-L-N-E-R.com, you can sign up. It's a Tantra and Motion workshop. So it's a mixture of Tantra and a contact improv dance. It's for couples, lovers, etc. So if you want to have a V-Day that is not your usual dinner in a movie uh, and you want to connect and get juicy, go check that out. Um, also we have a survey on our website, not related to Valentine's day. We've been talking about this last couple of podcasts. We want to know who you are, what topics you want to hear from us. Just go to, to shamelessex.com, scroll down. It's free. It just takes like five minutes. Um, and your information is anonymous. How we many really people appreciate it. have we received? I haven't looked at it in last week, from- but I think it was already at a hundred. Oh, awesome. I would like to get it at 500 to, so that we can kind of make some generalizations about y'all. And I would love for folks to review us on iTunes. Yeah. Because we are getting, we're getting some interesting feedback and some, I think that it's, uh, I appreciate 
but it also kind of, I, I don't, people saying that we're, we try too hard to be woke and use politically correct co- like conversations and words in our conversations, which I think that I think to each their own. That we should all strive to to be a little bit more po- politically correct, if you will, with our with our linguistics. I mean, look, there's plenty of podcasts that you can listen to with some folks who are not woke. I don't necessarily describe myself as woke, but when it comes to sexuality, I don't. Either. I'm educated in speaking as much as as much inclusivity as I possible. I tried to be inclusive. That's, that's exactly that's what important. I was going to say. Yeah. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But they also said we were shaming uh, trip. trip. For saying girls and instead of women, I didn't feel like we were shaming. I thought we were just asking him no, why he chose no, that. I, I mean, I, I think that there was maybe I, I can speak for myself that there was a little bit of like a grill, a grilling there of like, you know, what's up with this? You're obviously speaking to men. Why? Why is it that your language is referring to women as girls? Because you're not speaking to the under eighteen crowd. You're speaking to the eighteen up crowd. You're talking about sex and all these things. So that was my question. You know why? And it's a marketing thing. I get it. And that's that's part of it but i'm also just curious about the mentality that comes with that with with folks who um who refer to women as girls you know you're hitting on a 28 year old and you call her a girl you know what does that mean to you and i do that too sometimes i'll notice when i use the term boys versus men i think it has to do with my own stuff where i'm feeling about myself about the people i'm talking to or about when i was single i called all the dudes fuck boys <laughs> Even if they were men. Isn't that shaming? Like, that's gotta be Probably, but that was only personal to my friends. I was like, yeah, this fuck boy. I mean, so I am so, I'm just curious about how that's different from like this, like slut shaming. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's just a fuck boy. Because what does fuck boy mean again? For me, I, for, for me, I defined it as someone that was, I was never capable of being in a relationship with me, meaning I would never want to date them. So they were just a fuck boy to me. So listener Uh, that thinks we're too woke, there you go. We're not that woke. (laughs) I don't think they're listening anymore, so it doesn't matter. They're tuned out. They're gone. They're like, bye. Later. Uh, I want to share a really quick story that my partner just came back from being gone out of the country for two full weeks. That was a long time. It's a long time. A really long time. Did you masturbate a lot? I, not he asked the same thing and no i did bring back the taxi cab porn though for the for the masturbating that i did do nice uh so i'm i thought you were in a stepdad porn these days i also watched some stepdad and okay. stepmom porn oh wow very well. interesting <laughs> uh so anyway that being said i didn't masturbate as much i was sharing a room with you a bunch right yes. so that kind of Axes a few nights. I'm cool with it. You can do whatever you want. I wear earplugs. <laughs> and then it's true. You like totally are masked out. Uh, so my point for bringing this up isn't to talk about me and my masturbation. To talk about the fact that when he came back home, that was the longest we'd been apart. We'd been apart for 10 days before that. Um, that, that was the longest time. This time was two weeks, 15 days actually. And him coming back, we could not keep our hands off of each other. We were, we got straight to the point right when we entered the shower. Clothes off. And I licked his butthole for you the first did. time. You did! High five! Yeah! I've never was done that before. How was, that? How was the butt lick? Well, because I was talking about the taxi cab. This is how it came up. The taxi cab porn. He was like, what do you like so much about the taxi cab porn? Is it the, is it the, the accent of the guy? I was like, no. Uh, I can't even see what the guy looks like. I said, actually, it's funny because the thing that I like the most is the taboo nature of these women. They're usually women licking his butthole. And he, and he's like, really like, yeah, give me that rim job girl. And, (laughs) and he talks really dirty to them. Anyway, 
Uh, it's always the same guy in the same taxi. There's one? actually okay. a few different. The one that I watch is always the same guy. I look for the same guy. I, I don't know what it is. He he has a huge penis and he's older. Okay. Uh, but I don't know what his face looks like. And so that was what I told my partner. And so he was like, well, do you want to lick my asshole? I was like, I don't know. And I got like embarrassed. He's like, why are you getting embarrassed? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. So then we got into the shower and I licked butthole. Were you like on your knees in the shower? Spreading his cheeks? Yeah. Like in the butt. Yeah. The, but the water was really getting in my face a lot. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was really hot and it was actually nice. really fun. Like so it. that happened. And then we just had mind blowing sex. I had three orgasms in that session, which lasted quite a while, which I was impressed with him because it had been building up for so long. And sometimes that incorporates a faster orgasm. Mm-hmm. And I had, so I had three orgasms. I didn't use a vibrator at all with my orgasms either. So the point for me telling you this is that I think that absence really does make the sex grow fonder. Yeah. Emotionally, it was hard to integrate back in. I was telling you that, but physically it was really easy to integrate back in. And then we had more sex the next day too. Especially when so you really live fun. together to have those peer, those times apart, I think are, are good. It's, it's really healthy. Yeah. And it's always been me leaving and never him leaving. So yeah. it's been, it was a little bit different than I was used to. And, uh, I obviously wouldn't be into it all the time. And I think that it was really great though to have, if he had to leave all the time, I'm saying it yeah. would be hard for that amount of time Yeah, for a two week period. Totally. Yeah. I get that. Good. Awesome. So, I like that. I think that- You're if, an ass licker now. Yeah. And I think maybe- Wait, That's the first ass you've ever licked. Mm-hmm, no, yeah. Oh yeah? Yes. Wait, I've, I've actually had an ass play. Yeah. I've had my ass licked a bunch, but that was the first ass that I've ever licked. Ass, 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 ass. Yes, yes, yes. It's I very like soft. It. When you look an ass or just an O and ass? The asshole. asshole. Oh, yeah. It's soft. The anus? The anus is so <laughs> soft. I was very surprised. And the shower was a genius way for a germaphobe like me to feel confident and comfortable. That's yeah, perfect. Squeegee you know that nice. ass before. <laughs> you squeegee it. Like, will you stick a nice, well-soaped <laughs> finger, but like healthy soap, like Bronner's, yeah. in your anus, maybe at least like an inch in. And I want to watch you make sure you do it thoroughly. Okay, now I'm ready. There is something really taboo and amazing about just like step porn. There is about licking the anus. <laughs> I like anal and anus. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever talked about this on this podcast, but, um, okay. First of all, on our last podcast with Kristen, that was, has, is already out. Uh, we already recorded it. Um, we talk about again, the Germans and the ass licking and we're like, what's up? Oh, you sent the- me a video of your German friend. Cause I saw a German friend uh, right after that. And, and I was like, okay, look, my German friend, what is with Germans and ass licking? Like this might just be a coincidence, but in the same year in 2016, April and I both had offers from men that we had, didn't even kiss yet and they separate the separate occasions different men who both wanted to lick our asses before even mine kissing. did lick my ass so yeah on mine i was like oh, he was pressuring too i was like oh no, yeah i am not nobody like well, uh, we haven't even made it i said like, come on he's like trying to take my pants off I was like i'm keeping my pants on and then i eventually ran out of the hotel room with my heels in my hand so i asked my german friend That's i was intense. like he was, yeah well i'm kind of a dumbass for just going to someone's hotel room that i didn't even know like, well this dj came to mind so yeah, and, the, and you, you did get your ass like after dancing super sweaty. And yeah, that was so, anyways, I asked him, you know, I was like, so are Germans into this or something? Is this like a thing? I know it's a generalization. He's like, no, we don't like it or something like that. It's like, that was just, it was like, essentially, like, it's just an accident. Um, but what I, I didn't, didn't talk about in here, which I totally forgot when we recorded the last podcast, is. Um, my current, God, I'm just going to start saying partner now. I'm just going for it. My current partner. He's not a fuck boy. He's we not know a that. fuck boy. Um, he totally licked my ass on the first date. <laughs> oh, totally damn. 
But we went in the hot tub right before. Okay. And then, and then like we got naked, but I was like, I don't have sex with people on the first day. And actually we didn't have sex for a long time. We didn't have penetrative sex for like weeks. Um, also cause we were getting tested and uh, et cetera. And didn't, and didn't feel like wasting time with condoms. Like, Let's wait till we get tested. Um, but you totally licked my ass on the first date. And that's still like a running joke that we have. Like, yeah, you just Props like to went you right there. for it. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that. Well, breaking those barriers. So anyways, we'd be listening, licking a lot of ass over here. Sorry. Mom is listening right now too. Mom knows a lot of details about me. <sighs> oh. Okay. Valentine's Day. First of all, one thing I want to start off with Valentine's Day. Some people hate it. It can bring up a lot of shit, just like the any other holiday. I'm not a huge fan myself. You don't like it. Yeah. I well, the pressure and going out and the amount of reservations and I used to work in restaurants as you did, yes. and Valentine's Day was always such a huge pain in the ass because I felt like it was oh, all God. the couples that never go out to dinner together. Yeah. And there's a lot of awkward exchanges between people at different tables that I became more aware of at that point. And then moving into my adult life and being in a non-traditional relationship, I'm like, please don't take me on a Valentine's Day. You don't want to go do like the typical, go sit in a crowded restaurant where they're piling the people in and everything takes forever. Everything takes forever. There's prefixed shitty menus. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's people doing things just because they should be doing something when you can do that any time, any day of the year. In fact, the restaurant's probably gonna be way more enjoyable the other days of the year. So, and it's on a Friday this year in 2020. Oh, so Fridays are already crazy out, and now you're yeah. going to try to go out to a restaurant. Yeah, I will say that I love a beautifully written card any yes. time of the year. Yeah. I think there's a written With word heart. is yeah. so powerful. There's so much more emotion behind words to yeah. me when they're written. Um, and it doesn't have to be a cheesy Valentine's Day card. Yeah, which is a great time to bring up things that don't cost money to do on Valentine's Day. There's a number of things you do. So we have, we'll do some toy recommendations, but a couple ideas that we really like. One, we I think we talked about this in a past podcast, but I really like this. Instead of going to a restaurant, deck out your house, your apartment, your kitchen as like some theme of some some country. Moroccan. You're, you're Moroccan or you're in Paris, you know, in France. You're in Paris, you hire an or accordion like German player. sausages everywhere. <laughs> or um, you get a mariachi band playing on your Spotify. Or Japan. Or and, Japan. Yeah. With some I, just, in the I just got a kimono from my partner. Perfect. He brought back from Japan. Yeah. And you deck it out and you surprise them. They come and then you play the role there as if you're there. And that, that could be some cultural appropriation that is a part of that. But, um, but you play the role there and you make it a night in, but it has like this fun theme. And maybe you learn a couple words in this other language and and you just make it this whole thing and then it can turn into like a sexy thing too. So just something that is different. And I think that's one of the things for Valentine's Day that we're going to um, kind of condone here is thinking outside the box, which is so shameless sex here. Um, so getting creative. Another thing that um, I just did with, saying it again, partner, ah! um, <laughs> on for New Year's Eve this year, we... When we 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 were going to maybe go out that night, but we decided we would just play it by ear, and so we went on a a, a sunset turn night hike where we kind of got lost, but we got headlamps and a little bit of whiskey and a flask and some snacks in case we died and got stuck, and went on just an adventure, and it was so fun. We're like walking under the moonlight. There's no one else there with our headlamps out there, just like pull over to That's make adorable. out at, t- at times, and it was so much fun. So just doing different I, things. I have another one: watching yeah. a couple of cheesy rom coms yeah. from the 2000s. Kate and Leopold. No one knows about that one. That one is amazing. It's with Meg Ryan and that guy that played Wolverine in all the uh, X-Men movies. Oh, Hugh Hugh Jackman. He's He's so good in that movie. It's such an adorable movie. I just watched it for the first time and I was like, why do I not know about this movie? Or Fifty First Dates or watching a couple of cheesy 
rom-coms and drinking a little bit of wine. So I married an axe murderer. So I married an axe murderer. <laughs> that was <just> funny. <laughs> Polly D. Was that that guy? No, it's no, not Mike Polly Myers. D. Mike My- Oh, My- Mike Myers Mike from Myers. the 90s. Yeah, I loved that movie. And kind of, what about a, a beautiful sensual massage during the Ooh, rom-com? Ooh, yeah. Or what about a dance lesson in your home, kind of moving the furniture and, and dancing with each other or not a lesson. If, unless you, if you know how to dance well, you can just YouTube it yeah. or just dancing with each other. Slow dance to Ooh. Eric Clapton. You look wonderful tonight. Oh, I like it. Oh, I darling. like it. Yeah. You look wonderful. Get, get creative so nice. and make it about play, make it about connection, make it different and unique. Um, and, and just get creative. I think for a lot of people, be, creativity is hard. It's like in their skin, to what if I do this thing? It's awkward, or they don't like it, and, and like embrace the awkward. If it is awkward, be like you know what? That was a little awkward. That thing that we tried. But if you do want to buy a gift for your partner, oh yeah, we got a couple of. We have some awesome, the fun gifts. Oh yeah, and you could actually turn this first gift idea into your Valentine's Day evening. Okay, so everyone, get this: the clone of pussy sleeve kit and the clone of willy kit. They are fucking awesome. If, first of all, go to cloneofwilly.com if you want to learn more about this. But I've done this before with a clone of Willy and the clone of pussy. So clone of pussy is, it's a home kit where you essentially make a mold, a cast of your pussy, like your actual labia, lips, etc. But you actually make this thing. And, and vaginal canal. Well, right? you, a little no, bit? no, it doesn't no? go all the way. No, okay. no, it doesn't go all the way. It's but just it, more like the introitus, okay. the entrance part, but you actually attach it to this case with the sleeve. That's what I was looking at. So okay. it's almost like a, it turns into a hard case masturbation sleeve. And so you give it to your partner. So their tagline is clone it and bone it. You're like, here's my pussy. Great for long-term relationships or just like, I'm at work. You can fuck me whenever you want to. I love this. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a, ma- it's a, it's a fancy masturbation sleeve that looks like but you, just like you, you can actually, the shape yes. of your And you pussy. can use it time and time again because you could wash it out, right? Oh, yeah, totally. So yeah. It's- you use that over and over again. And then they have the clone, a willy kit, which is a vibrating cock cast. So it's actual mold of a cock, but there's a vibrator in the middle. And so the exact same shape of the cock that you, your own cock, and then you have, a, it actually vibrates and you hand that to your partner and you can fuck me whenever you want to. I I love this idea of doing this on Valentine's Day. If oh, you yeah. want something fun to do and interesting, granted, you have to keep the cock hard. Yes. So that's kind of a fun game too. Yeah. You get the fluffers. And so <laughs> yeah. I had a person personal experience with this back in forever ago, 2010, maybe was a crazy year in my life. And, um, we that's had, right when I left, that's why, yeah, you were, it was gone. So I lost it. I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm freaking out. And, um, we, and I owned a sex shop at the time and I had a guy friend that I, um, you also hooked up with him too later. I did. I did. <laughs> he was someone that was a friend where we had this great arrangement where we would just, even like play partners, and, but it was just homies, you know, the next day I'd just be like, yeah, well, how was that? That was fun. Cool. And, um, and so I had a lot of shared sexual experiences with him and, and other people, specifically other women. And so we got a clone of Willie cock casting kit and we had two other women. So it was three people doing the whole cock casting and then him. And so we have fluffers, right? I'm the scientist. I'm the one stirring the things like, okay, get the cock hard. And they're all like, he's a nipple guy you know, touch his nipples and his cock and get the cock hard. And then you're keeping the cock hard for a couple of minutes while we keep the casting on there. You do this whole process. I believe you have to let it sit overnight. And not then, on the cock. No. After, no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the same it's thing. only a couple with, minutes on Yeah, the only cock. a couple of minutes on, same with the pussy. And then you let sit. And the next day, it is a perfect replica of the cock. It was perfect. It was crazy. Think about sending that to someone if you're not, if you're in a long distance relationship. Or what if you break That's, up with someone? Ooh, <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, hey, hey this you're is the only way that. you'll ever get me ever again. <laughs> yeah. There's um, so many. Th- I love this. I love this company. I love yeah. this idea. And I honestly haven't cloned my own pussy because I think that's a newer kit that they yeah. just came out with. But 
I really want to. And I recommend this, what, for Valentine's Day gifts. So you can either do it with partners or you can make your pussy or your cock ahead of time and give it to them. Um, but also for long distance relationships, etc. It's all made of 100% body safe materials. Um, and then our Shane Miss Sex Listeners, you also get 20% off of your entire order if you go to the cloneawilly.com website and you use code SHAMELESSSEX and that's 20% off of any of their items at cloneawilly.com um, and with code SHAMELESSSEX. Great idea. Even if you don't do it for Valentine's Day, you should just do I it. I might get you one of me, Amy. Just I want you a pussy. Yay. I'll give you one of my cock. Just kidding. I don't have one. Um, but I'll, and then before we go into the next couple sex toys, just real quick, you know, Valentine's Day, like I said earlier, it's a hard one. If you don't have a lover or a partner, because it can bring up that stuff like, oh, I'm alone, go fucking celebrate you. Like, go do something for you. Like, you can buy yourself a nice sex toy. You can make a, a casting of your cock or your pussy or whatever, you know, and just like put on an altar and say, I'm fucking beautiful. Go celebrate Watch you, do some power awesome ass boss bitch movies yeah. all night instead of rom coms. Or one of my favorite things for the Valentine's Day is when I've been alone is just to be with my badass friends and all get together, whether they're partnered or not, and just share love in that way. That, yeah. like, oh, I'm surrounded by love. It is just about love. I, I used to write Valentine's to my friends when Aww. I was in high school and in, in college. And I always thought that that was special, giving them candy and like like the ones in the, when we were in elementary school with the little boxes. Yes, in our elementary an elementary school, they used to do crush cans, oh, yeah, and so different colored crush cans would be kind of what people thought of you. It was really weird. It was kind of I don't weird. like stuff like that as much because it makes people feel bad that don't get. Yeah, the ones that are left out. Gifts. It's a competition. It is a total it, competition. It's like Facebook, but for like elementary school, where it's all the, how many likes do you get? Yeah. It's fucked up. Which is exposed because you're in class getting these delivered to you in front of everyone. I was never the girl that got all the crash cards. My mom told me the other day, because uh, when we hosted the X-Biz Awards, we just, Amy and I just hosted the X-Biz Awards in LA, X-Biz Executive Awards, not the porn awards. Stormy Daniels hosted that one. Yes. Uh, so my mom goes, did you win anything? And I was like, no. She's like, oh, you're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> I was like, thanks, mom. Thanks so much. Oh She's like, no, God. but really. And then she went on and on about, you've been in how many weddings now? 17, right? <laughs> I was like, yes, mom. She's like, wow. And you get nominated. How many years now have you been nominated? Is this like the fifth or sixth year? I was like, yes, mom. Yes, I've never won. Oh, thank you. Which you've won. I won. I won Woman of the Year. Yeah. Once. Yes. But which is amazing, and I'm super honored. But she just had to bring up not that, but everything else. Hence the reason I need years of therapy. Thanks, uh, mom. She thanks, doesn't listen. Thanks, mother. You, so she was like, "Oh, but I'm so proud of you. you good job hosting. Oh You're always number two, never number one." Yeah. And she <laughs> brought up prom court. I was um, nominated for prom queen. I lost by two votes. She brought all of this up. Like I was like, I forgot about that, mom. It was just, this was like a couple of days ago, so it's fresh in my brain, and I was like, wow. Mom, Mom. <laughs> we need always, to... always the bridesmaid. Never That's the bride. funny. Well, I've like I've been very rarely the bridesmaid. I'm often not invited to be the bridesmaid. <laughs> I was not on the homecoming court at all. I'm not even in the running for a lot of these. You would have been a bridesmaid if I would have ever had a wedding. <gasps> There's still hope. We have a, yeah. a, mo- a fake one, a mock one. Yeah. Well, we could. We could marry each other. Yeah, let's do it. Legend can be our give us a Legend can be our ring bearer. All right, so we have a couple other product recommendations. So if y'all, has anyone ever heard of WeVibe? You can't answer me. But WeVibe is a, it's a company that is revolutionary and they specifically started with couples toys, toys for partnerships and lovers. Although you can use it on your own. They're a Canadian company too. They're Canadian. It was back in the day when we opened Pure Pleasure. They had their first couple models out at that time. They've always sold like crazy. They are. And it's, it's a really innovative 
innovative design because there's nothing else like it on yeah. the market and it's comfortable and it fits. So it's designed to fit. So part of it will sit outside the body and fit on like the vulva while the other part portion is can sit on the inside of the vaginal canal. So it yeah. kind of clips on, if you will, to a... Uh, uh, Yep. For a Volvo owner. Yeah, for a Volvo owner to the inside bits and the external bits. Yes, yeah, so you have the outside part that will go and hit the outer Volvo like Amos on the clitoris, which was where most of the nerve endings are anyways, and there's a motor there, and the internal part can actually potentially reach the G-spot, and then you can have penetration going on at the mm-hmm. same time because the part that goes through the vaginal opening is really small. So it kind of clips in and curves up, and then you can have fingers going at the same time, you know, a penis, maybe a dildo. And a penis could feel the vibration, or yeah. the fingers can feel the vibration. So the vibrations are for both partners, right. and they have a new toy out that's called the WeVibe Chorus. And so it's the same kind of C-shaped adjustable fit, but it's cool because one, all their products now, you know, they all work with wireless technology. So not only does it have a remote, but it also works with an app on your phone. Um, so you can use Bluetooth technology, meaning you can vibrate someone from anywhere in the world. And you can watch, you can actually have them on video at the yes. same time. So it won't interrupt the app functions. Yeah. And you can actually create some, um, some, what are like, Oh my God, what's the word I want to use for it? So Different uh, program. It's programs, a customizable yeah. Yeah, functions vibrations. Like yeah. of, of what you like. So yeah. maybe you, it's five of these, yeah. one of these. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool and revolutionary. But this one, the WeVibe Chorus, the remote also has a squeeze remote function where either you're holding it because you have the toy inside of you. The more you squeeze, the stronger it gets. Or you can give it to a partner and they can squeeze it as well and control your vibrations. So you have the remote, you have the Bluetooth app on your phone, and you have the squeeze function. And this remote's really cool because it almost feels like a joystick of yeah. an airplane or something and burr, it's squishy burr, burr, burr. so it has the silicone soft silicone feel too which yeah. makes it easier on the hand to squeeze i really like that yeah i love i mean this from what i've seen working in the sex toy industry you know working in a in a sex shop the top selling sex toy for couples when for, we worked in, in pure pleasure back in the day together we, we vibe was one of our number so one like seller crazy. all the time and we would sell them and that was when it wasn't even as powerful yeah they're they perfected it they've they've made the design a little bit more ergonomic than it ever has been before. I mean, this is brand new. I've never seen this one before. Yeah, it's brand and new. holding it in my hand, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. It's quiet. Yeah. It's, uh, it's they say whisper, whisper motors, Shh. and it makes sense because it's virtually silent. Yeah, they're very, very innovative. So if you're looking for kind of the ultimate couples vibrator, um, this is definitely one of them. They also make something called the Moxie, which I also really love the Moxie is really cool. It's just an external vibe. It has one part that can go slide like in your panties or whatever you're wearing again for a Volvo owner. Um, and then a magnet on the other side. So it stays clipped to it. Cause a lot of the other panty vibes slip are around. weird. They yeah. slip around. They don't Wait, and it's not even uh, just for panties. You can actually put it over clothing, yeah. even over something totally. like these yoga pants that we're wearing. Active wear. Active wear. Active or like wear. if you're wearing a harness or all kinds yes. of things, you can slip that in and anywhere. And you can walk with it. It's not yeah. so uncomfortable where you're it's at ergonomic a at a restaurant or it's controlled by the app too. So yeah. if your partner's in Tallahassee, Florida and you're chilling in Wisconsin, yeah. Uh, they It'll can vibrate turn you. it on and I mean, again, vibrate you. Most of the nerve endings are external anyway. So again, it uses that same app. It is really powerful. It's really quiet. Uh, it's, it's an awesome addition to um, a fun night out potentially, or just what your radio sex play and all these things you can use in different ways. You can use, use it with your own hands. It doesn't have to be used for couples play, but again, a great option for couples because it has that app and it's something that you can use together. They're all waterproof and they all, the, the app is totally free. I don't know if we mentioned that you don't have to pay for the app. It's like the, we connect app or I think it's called the, we connect. Yeah. And I don't know. The the company is amazing. I absolutely love They're very on top of innovation. Yeah. Very innovative. So again, if you want to get some of the ultimate 
couples, partners, lovers, toys, or sex toys, um, go check out WeVibe.com. And then this Valentine's Day, they're also offering our listeners 5% off and free shipping of any product on WeVibe.com. That's W-E-V-I-B-E.com. Just use promo code SHAMELESS at WeVibe.com. That's SHAMELESS at WeVibe.com. I'm really excited about this toy. I know. We only got one, so... Amy's you used it and going to wash it. Yeah, for you. And then I'll use it. It's body-safe material, so honestly, I'm not worried about contracting any fun on all things. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to put it in my ass. Well, if, if you did, <laughs> I wouldn't be worried. You, we're, we're homies like that. It's cool. I can totally <laughs> use it and Plus wash you, it. Plus, you already got stid checked. You're all good. I'm good. I'm clean, man. Yeah. I'm real clean. All right. So I'm going to read a bio for you all. I think I know how to pronounce her name. It's Chambliss, I assume. Kitty Chambliss is a number one Amazon bestselling author of Jealousy Survival Guide, How to Feel Safe, Happy, and Secure in an Open Relationship. She is also a relationship coach, keynote speaker, polyamorous, and sex-positive activist, and founder of Loving Without Boundaries. Specializing in helping people in non-traditional relationships navigate the challenging emotions that often arise in such dynamics. Kitty has made it her life's mission to make thriving relationships, even unconventional ones, attainable to everyone. To learn more, visit lovingwithoutboundaries.com. But first, before we dive in, we want to just comment real quick on Calm. We love Calm. Meditation has changed our lives. Uh, And you've heard us say this before. Meditators are better lovers, in my opinion. It teaches you that single point of focus. And most of people's issues with sex is that their minds get in and they go all over the place. And the more you practice meditation, the easier it is to focus on that single point of focus, which is touch. So Calm is not a sex app, but it is a meditation app that is easy to use. It has awesome programs. It's beautiful. And the more you practice, the easier it will get for sex. Amy and I have been such huge fans of meditation for so long. And I used to just go to YouTube. Now that I have Calm, I use it almost every single day. If I don't use it, I actually feel kind of out of sorts. Today, Martin Luther King Day. Thank you, Martin Luther King, for all of the amazing work that you did. They just launched a a daily calm for today on contribution, and you kind of meditate on how you can be a better human in society, and that was uh, dedicated to Martin Luther King. And they do things like this all the time. Each week, they have something new to offer, and there's not only meditations on anxiety and calming and easing depression, there's also meditations on focus and drive. So the possibilities are endless, y'all. So for our listeners, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash shameless. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every single week. Get started today. Go to calm.com slash shameless. That's calm.com slash shameless. And now let's talk to Kitty. Well, dear listeners, I have some terrible, terrible news. We recorded this awesome episode. It is here. Don't worry. Don't leave. Don't tune out. But we recorded this awesome episode and had some tech issues on my laptop and switched to April's and uh, it stopped picking up the microphone on her laptop. And it sounds okay from our speaker side, uh, guest side, but... We don't sound so wonderful because <laughs> it, it sounds like we're just in a room speaking. So please bear with us. There's a really great podcast with a lot of really wonderful information. And I'm sorry the sound is not perfect. If this is the first time you're listening to Shameless Sex, listen to other episodes. Know that our sound is at least a little bit better. Um, 
I hope you still enjoy it. Bear with us. And if you get irritated with the sound, just remember to smile. And we're sorry. Here we go. This is different topics because Kitty comes from a background of specifically talking about uh, alternative relationships or non-traditional relationships is the terminology that you use. Before we ask about what non-traditional relationships are, can you tell our listeners how you got to be where you are today? What's your journey to be doing what you're doing? Sure. I'll try and give you as abridged of a version as I can. <laughs> so really briefly, I was, uh, I was raised uh, Catholic. So I joke around, I'm a recovering Catholic. And so I didn't actually start dating because I thought it was a sin until college. And I ended up becoming a cheating serial monogamous. So I'd end up cheating on one partner after another. And I just couldn't make the monogamy thing work. And I felt like I had to because that's what I was taught. So eventually it just wasn't working out for me. So I eventually just decided, what am I doing? Like, why don't I try and live my life the way that works for me, regardless of what society is saying and doing. And eventually I met the man who is now my husband and it turned out that he was a cheater as well. (laughs) So as we were falling in love, we, you know, we just said, Hey baby, you know, I don't want to cheat on you, but this hasn't worked out for me and I want to honor like who you are and who I am. So why don't we just make this up as we go along? So we did. And so for the first uh, about two years, we were exclusive as we kind of built our relationship. But then we eventually did get married uh, by a lighthouse, not in a church. And we wrote our own vows and just left out the forsake all others part. And we didn't know what that meant just yet. But then eventually a friend introduced me to the book, The Ethical Slut. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people that when I first read the introduction, I was, my mind was just completely blown because it just blasted through all of my own limiting beliefs and just everything that I was told. So at that point, we first heard the word polyamory from that book and we just started doing research. And I, I was just so fascinated. So we literally did research for about two years. We did dive our toe into swinging, like going to Hedonism 2 and the nudist resort and experimenting with all of that. But eventually what felt more right to us was polyamory. So, um, so we just eventually just started to see other people. Like uh, the first person I started to see, my husband actually dropped me off for the date. That's kind of how we started out. And, uh, and it just led me down the journey that, uh, that brought me to here, which is um, as I was working through my own emotions and my own challenges, I started my blog called Loving Without Boundaries. And it, I started accidentally creating a community there, supporting people and almost becoming like a dear kitty, so to speak. And that eventually led to creating the podcast. I have about 130 episodes out now. And then eventually somebody said, you know, hey, why don't you become a relationship coach? And at that point, I had quit my, my first career, my day job, and was working out of my home as, as you two see me now. And I was um, doing a graphic design business, but I knew that I went to do more. And I thought, well, maybe I will become a coach. Who knows? So I ended up eventually uh, becoming a certified relationship coach. And I haven't looked back. It's been such an incredible journey. It's so rewarding. And I also get to talk to and meet wonderful people like you. So it's, it's just been, I feel so blessed and grateful. And, um, and I also am really inspired to serve uh, a minority community, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. And that, you know, I think encompasses a lot of folks who aren't really sure where to turn when they need help. Mm-hmm. So it's really an honor to help them. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life 
important to you. Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful, right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> Does your husband pick you up from dates too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no. Yeah, I don't know when this is. Here's one of my finger. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about these non traditional relationships? I kind of, in, in the intro, Amy and I were kind of talking about our definition of what we think non traditional relationships are. But I would sure. love to hear about how you define those and why people choose to be in non traditional relationships as well. Sure. Yeah. I partly use the term non-traditional just to kind of make it easy to understand. So when we think of traditional relationships, I think we all think of a husband and a wife getting married and uh, doing what we call the relationship escalator. Are you familiar with that term? Like Uh, you meet, you court each other, you ride the escalator to an engagement where you ride the escalator to a big, fat, juicy wedding, and then you (laughs) pop out some babies, and then you ask yourself, oh my God, what the fuck happened to my life? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's the journey I thought I was on was a relationship escalator. But like I said, I kept cheating on one person after another and thinking, what the F is wrong with me? You know, why is everyone else getting married and settling down, but I can't seem to figure it out. So, um, so that's what I mean by traditional. So non-traditional in my mind just encompasses kind of everything else. So uh, whether that's an open relationship or polyamory or being polysexual or swinging or relationship anarchy, um, just anything along those lines that just looks a little bit different, uh, obviously having more than one partner um, and just everything that is coloring outside of the lines of what you know, 90% of the world is at least trying to do and in some cases not doing very well. Our podcast is all about people learning how to make their own rules for their sex life. And monogamy can be a part of that. But I think there's this, mm-hmm. this story, you know, the American dream story, and not just American, but, you know, especially in the Western world, that, that yeah. we're supposed to be attracted to one person forever, be with them forever, not have eyes for anyone else. And so you're, you're really uh, filling a need for folks who are finally like, that model isn't me. And that's a lot. That's a good amount of folks. Well, I definitely think the numbers are growing. So I think I'm in a growth market. <laughs> yeah, totally. Good, good, good call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, partly because obviously monogamy isn't working for a lot of people. 
Um, you know, look at the divorce rates, of course, just keep going up, but also because we're living longer. So it's a really big expectation to get married in your 20s and then be with one person for the rest of your life until the typical age of 70s or 80s. So I think some people just are starting to make a choice that that doesn't work for me. You know, so I think why do people choose non-monogamy? I think there's many reasons. Like for me, monogamy just didn't work. Mm-hmm. I orient, like I, I feel like deep inside of me, I am a polyamorous person and I just didn't know that word when I was growing up. So I always thought there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same. It, there's a lot of people who are bisexual. So it would be challenging for a bisexual person to just be with one person of one gender and not be able to explore the other gender. They would be not being their fully authentic self. I guess that's really, to me, what it comes down to is living your best and most authentic life and not not being dictated to about what you have to do or what you should do or the kind of compulsory monogamy that we're taught most of us anyway when we're young. And I also think the the next generation that's coming up, they really do know that they have choices. Whereas when I was growing up, I'm 50. Uh, when I was growing up, I was never told that I had any other choice. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy for the next generation that they are learning, you know, you can do this, you can do that. And there is um, a normalization now, uh, at least, you know, partly from people like us three mm-hmm. doing the work that we do to help reduce the stigma around making whatever choice works for you. I mean, we, we have a long way to go. But that's partly why we're doing this work. So I applaud you both for having your shameless sex podcast. Yeah. We we did. So April and I just hosted an awards show for uh, Expos, which is kind of like uh, Academy Awards-ish of the sex toy industry. And um, we were doing little pop quiz trivia moments in the middle of it. And one of them was pop quiz, You know, which one, we multiple choice, do you think is the most likely to end in divorce in the U.S.? Uh, option one was first marriage. Option two is second marriage. Option two was third marriage. Option three. Um, option three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but people said first marriage, I think, right? That's what they thought. Yes. And, it, and I think statistically, it's actually second marriage. I think we learned this from Do you know what the average length of a marriage in the USA is? What's that? 8.2 years. The average length. The yeah, average length years. of a marriage. Uh-huh. And the second marriage is the most likely to end in divorce, too. Yeah, I think the first marriage is like, a, what was it, 40 to 50%. The second marriage is 60, 60 to 70% 70%. likely to end. And the wow. third marriage was 30 to 40%. Yeah. Um, wow, so, that's fascinating. I'm so yeah. glad you shared that. Yeah. yeah, so just so interesting for people to like look at the numbers, everyone, you know, and, and it's not that yeah. monogamy and folks who are, who are monogamous who are listening to this. And we'll, we're going to ask you some tips for, to, for yeah. uh, folks navigating non traditional relationships as well. But uh, and that will apply to monogamy as well, I'm sure, a lot of the communication that, yeah. stuff. So we're not on a soapbox necessarily preaching like everyone should be non monogamous, but also it's just about making your own rules. I'm, I'm absolutely. I can't believe that 8.2 years is yeah. the, like the average length of a marriage. Actually, are, are you from the East Coast, right, Kitty? I am. I live in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. Yep. East mm-hmm. Coasters, I guess, on average, it's like 12 years. So. Oh, good oh, job. Coast. Coast. <laughs> Maybe they're defining their own rules. Californians are like four years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm making that up. Yeah. And I, I am married. I live with two of my partners, but I've been married since 2006, so... Uh, what, how many, I'm bad at math. One is the tech, <laughs> the tech boyfriend, right? We met him the other day. Oh, that's my other partner. We've been together four years. So oh. I've been with my, my husband for about 15 years and my other partner for about four. And so. the three of you live together? 
all three of us live together, plus oh. my two cats. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan of it. like any form of kind of communal living and all the different dynamics of that. It'd be mm-hmm. whether it's multiple families or, but also when people are like, hey, I live with my two girlfriends, you know, or like, yeah. 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 We, my, my partner and I live with another couple. And we all have sex with each other. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I have so many questions about that, like sleeping arrangements and stuff. Is it just organic? Like whoever you feel like being with, or is that too personal? No, it's not too personal okay. at all. And you have now asked the second most popular question I've ever asked. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> which is, the first is, what about jealousy? Right. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, sleeping arrangements are, uh, they are somewhat organic. Um, my, my partner, the tech guy that you met, we do have a standing Monday night date. So like every Monday night, he knows that I'm going to sleep downstairs with him. And I share the upstairs bedroom, which is the master bedroom with my husband, partly because we, we bought the house together, just he and I, back when we were a little more traditional than we are now. So we share the, the master's, the master bedroom. Um, but I just, I just kind of switch from, I sleep upstairs some nights and downstairs some nights. It partly depends on who's got to get up early, you know, who's out of town, things of that nature. And once in a while, I'm like, I need my space, guys, and I'm going to sleep in the guest room, you know. Uh, but most of the time it is relatively organic and sometimes it becomes a funny conversation over dinner. Like, yeah. okay, so is Kitty going up or down? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know our listeners are probably wondering that too, because yeah. a, a lot of them don't know how to navigate non-traditional relationships. And we have a lot of hetero uh, long-term listeners that are in long-term relationships. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think this is interesting to explore. Yeah. yeah. So what, what about, because we have some sex questions from listeners but what are some tips? I know you, you you said the word jealousy, but what are some of your top tips? And I know you could talk about this probably forever because this is what you do for a living and you have a whole yeah. podcast on it. Remind our listeners of your podcast name again. Loving Without Boundaries. Okay. Loving Without Boundaries, everyone. So you can mm-hmm. learn a lot more. This will be the Cliff Notes version. But what are some of your top tips for navigating non-traditional relationships? I would say the first is to not take it on lightly. Meaning, uh, as I said, my now husband and I, we we researched for almost two years before we really stepped out and started living a non-traditional life. And it was partly because we didn't want to hurt each other, you know, and we wanted to do it right. So we researched and figured out what agreements do we have? What kind of safe sex agreements are we going to have? And what's a sex elevator speech? And, you know, all of those things before we really stepped out there. And that helped a lot. And I'm not saying everyone has to do two years of research, but just, I would say to really be introspective about who you really are and what you really want. And also to come from a place of empathy for other people. Because one thing that I do see sometimes is people treating other people like sex toys and it's important to remember that people have feelings. So, you know, so, so that's the other part of not, uh, you know, taking it really seriously before you kind of step out to, uh, to um, have a non-traditional relationship. And the next I would say is think about also in that journey where you're from. Like for, so for me as a recovering Catholic, I had to be honest about what was I taught with Catholicism that doesn't serve me anymore and what kind of work do I have to do to drop those limiting beliefs and really turn those around so that I am not either judgmental of other people or kind of kind of living from a playbook from leftover from monogamy. 
So there might be some ideas that you have to shed um, from monogamous programming if that's not who you are today, and that takes some work. So it's also just understanding that it, it's not just going to be like you snap your fingers and you're just going to have all this amazing sex and all these lovers. You know, it, it really is going to take some work. Next, just to remember that there's always work in terms of learning better communication. Like you may have good communication now, but you're going to have to up your game in different skills if you are going to have multiple partners. So up your game with different communication skills, also being a really good listener um, and also practicing possibly uh, emotion management, like learning to work on your emotional intelligence and also to really come from a place of empathy. So empathy for yourself giving yourself some grace through the process because you are going to make mistakes. You are going to accidentally hurt somebody in the process, just like with a monogamous relationship, but it's just multiplied uh, because there's more relationships and also empathy for the other person, like really trying to understand where they're coming from. So, you know, what are their needs? What are your needs and learning how to um, effectively set boundaries and learn how to create agreements in a way that is steering away from either, any type of dysfunctional or toxic behavior or um, another thing to think about too is privilege. So couple privilege. So like when my husband and I first started to step out with non-monogamy, we had to face facts that we were kind of at first we didn't come out and it was really for selfish reasons that we didn't tell other people that we were polyamorous because we were exercising our couple privilege because we were worried about the shame or being judged. And eventually my husband's girlfriend said, you know, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the side slam piece. And that feels really shitty. And also like you're hiding me and you're not proud that you're dating me. And that really gave us pause. And we thought, wow, she's right. We're being assholes. You know, <laughs> if I can say that here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's when we were like, we have to start coming out. And that was very challenging. So that's another question is when and if are you going to tell friends and family because it's important, again, to remember other people's feelings along the way. It's not just about you getting your rocks off or you getting all this abundant love. You really have to uh, be respectful of other people's journey and other people's feelings. And that takes a lot of work. So, yeah, oh God, I would love to see my mom's face if I brought home. Hey, mom, this is my boyfriend. This is my other boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. My mom would. Oh, my God. That would be like the best day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Jaw drop. Jaw drop. <laughs> she, she grew up Catholic, too. And she's like, you know, in her box of, of traditional. Views. Oh, yeah. She works in a church. Yeah. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime omgs will have something just for you with two seasons one all about internal and the other all about external techniques it's better than any book or dvd money can buy to learn more visit omgs.com backslash shameless our listeners get five dollars off check it out this podcast was also made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all 
all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uber Lube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I don't love the idea of someone feeling like a side slam piece, but I like that term that you use. Side you know, slam. I'm feeling like I, I can totally yeah, feel what that, you know, that would feel like for someone to feel like a side, a side slam piece when someone isn't and um, you know you're not out and proud. I think a lot of people probably deal with that. Whether even if you're in a monogamous relationship, but you're you know LGBT, et cetera. Mm, so yeah, that it's yeah. that, that if someone's closeted in some way. And yeah. also to bring up the point of, okay, you have traditional. I don't know what your family's response was when you told them that you were in this polyamorous marriage. Uh, and how they responded, but it's like, hey, would you rather me be cheating and out of integrity with my partner and risk? perhaps losing this relationship that is so great for me in my life rather Mm -hmm. than having all of these multiple partners that we're openly discussing. I think that's something that I'm inviting all of our listeners to actually take in as well. What, what really is, what are you judging? Right? Exactly. Yeah. I do a whole workshop about coming out and that's one of the main points I make. If you are looking for guidance about coming out, everyone jumps to the sex, you know, even your first question and not, you know, it wasn't a problem at all, but, but that's where everyone's mind goes. Who are you having sex with? Why are you having sex with multiple partners? Where are you sleeping? And so the coming out process, it's important to take the focus away from that and put it more towards love and joy. You know, I'm in love. I was love. just thinking about you cuddling with who you're cuddling. No sex came to me. Yeah. Mind. Yeah. I was like, who do you oh, and it's fine. <laughs> hey, sex is fun. I watch porn, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in the coming out, I think it's important to focus on, you know, I, I love these two people, like the way you love all your children or the way you have more than one best friend. You know, I just happen to love these two people or these three people or whatever. And I'm, I'm happy and I'm having a joyful life. And I hope you can accept me the way I am and be happy for me. I feel like that's a, you know, a great way. And we've always had a lot of success coming at it from that angle. That's what I tell my animal because I'm always like, there's enough love for everyone. And I think like that's a, a good thing to take in. There's enough love for everyone. So mm-hmm. the jealousy piece, it's like, hey, there's enough love. Like, let's live in this abundant space. So that's, I think that was what came up for me when you were saying that. You can yeah. actually explain to people, there's enough love for everyone. We can, we can love more. Yeah. 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 I think you hit the nail on the head, just like focusing on the abundance versus monogamy is based a little, or I shouldn't say monogamy, but compulsory monogamy in the way I was taught with Catholicism, it's based a lot on scarcity and fear and you're going to be in trouble if, you know. (laughs) So like when they talk about in sex at at dawn from the anthropological perspective that Mm -hmm. our traditional, our modern day ideas of monogamy 
um, you know, the theory is that it's based on the agriculture movement and more of like an ownership thing. We need people to help work the farm and the land because now we own land. And then marriage was a business arrangement. And so it was monogamy. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I choose this person because I love them and I just want to kiss them all over all the time. It's like, we're in a business together. We're going to make some kids. You know, you're kind of my Mm -hmm. property here. We're going to work the land together. Sorry, everyone, if that's, that popped your bubble. And that's similar to Eastern cultures, too. I, there was a dowry paid, right? And then it was mm-hmm. men having relationships with women, and and they needed kids to help survive. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore. Now marriage is such a business. Weddings are a business, right? It's, but, it's yeah. but yet it's supposed to be about love now. So now it's confusing. It's like, so it's confusing. just based on our business. It still kind of is a business. But we're supposed to also have love and great sex and passion <laughs> and desire and all this shit. You put all the eggs in your basket. You're supposed to fulfill all of my needs. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget my birthday and our anniversary. And you're not showing, you're not meeting all my needs. You mean like 90% of them This other 10%. And it's all your fault. fault. I'm going to ask you some sex questions. You got it. Cool. Yeah. So we have a couple from listeners. First of all, lately, anytime I bring up the topic of sex or intimacy with my wife, it gets shot down on the spot. When I mentioned her that things have never been like this before, where in the past we've had an open relationship and that has included swinging and polyamory, the latter being more successful for her than it was for me as she found a boyfriend and even shared a sexy night together before I completely struck out. So she got laid. He didn't. Um, anyway, so when I tried to approach her about this, she replied with, I guess I've just grown up and we have more important things to worry about than something as frivolous as sex, meaning they're not really having a lot of sex. Mm. I know that the person I fell in love with is still in there somewhere. The, the loving, kind, and sexual person she is, is definitely still there somewhere. How can I help her rediscover that side of her and bring it back out? So he's not necessarily asking, how can I have her open up their relationship? But it sounds like they're not having a lot of sex. Um, they have done the open things in the past and now her current perspective is sex isn't really that important. I'm an adult now. Um, what would yeah. be your advice for these people? He's very frustrated. He's in his early 30s. She's in her late 20s. Um, and she's, they did have a baby and she's kind of refusing to listen to podcasts or talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely challenging. And the first thing I would say is to understand and coming from that place of empathy that relationships and people do evolve and change over time. So there is going to be, it's like an ebb and flow, like the ocean, you know? So sometimes we're going to be like, I'm thinking about sex all the time. And other times, you know, we might not be thinking about sex. Like even just using for my own life, uh, when my father passed away and I was grieving, I was not interested in sex at all. You know, so there, there may be moments where somebody's just not in a place where that's top of mind and that's challenging if the other person, you know, hasn't lost their zest for that. So just coming from a place of empathy first. And second, I would say to remember that we can't change other people, you know, so we, you know, it's kind of futile to try and control other people. That's kind of toxic, but, you know, to remember that we can only change ourselves um, so the man in the situation, he could encourage her and support her on her journey and maybe get really curious and maybe ask her, you know, what is she needing? Is she maybe overwhelmed with taking care of the kids or overwhelmed with, you know, taking care of the house and maybe they need to get a babysitter or a maid? Like is once he understands her needs that may be drawing her draining her energy away from wanting to be playful with sex again, um, he may be able to, you know, encourage and support that in her, but to know that he can really only change himself. So he can get curious about his own needs and his own boundaries. Like what, you know, what is okay and what is not okay is, um, you know, sexual connection with his wife, 
something that um, he's really needing in his life and how is he going to express that to her and just kind of working through that and he could then work towards vulnerably sharing with her in a way that doesn't make her wrong what he's experiencing and seeing if maybe that um, moves her heart or opens up a really honest and authentic conversation with her and then if they're still having issues I would recommend there, there are moments where it's really important to just get help you know, so if they want to talk to a sex coach or a relationship coach or a therapist who specializes in things like that, there is no shame in reaching out to get help from the professionals who that's what their expertise is. So I would say those, those are the things I would, I would mention. hundred percent. You have to, you cannot do all of this stuff alone. And even, even to, I think, seek out therapy or support before things are to a point where you feel like they're broken and you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole. So get the tools before things get bad. And I I love that advice, Kitty, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, it's a bummer when people are like, I'm not going to listen to any podcasts. I'm not going to read any books. I'm not like that to me is is a really challenging thing to overcome when you don't want to force anyone to do things. You want it to be this consenting second party that you're in a relationship with. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you, you have to be open to make and help things get better. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if you, when you are in a committed relationship, like they're married, you know, there is a commitment to each other, not to meet, you know, 150% of everything that they ever want in their life. Like we talked about earlier, but a commitment towards having a healthy relationship and honoring each other. So another thing that they could do is learn about the five love languages, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure you're familiar with. Like maybe his love language is physical touch and hers is acts of service or something. And they could maybe come to a deeper understanding of that, but it's important for both of them to understand like if say his, his primary is physical touch, well then he's not getting his needs met. So that's something that you know needs to get addressed somehow or other. Mm-hmm. And we've done a podcast on the five love languages and talked about the book a bunch. All right. So question numero dos here is uh, from another listener. And this says, I have been attempting opening a dialogue with my wife about my wanting to stray from our relationship in a purely sexual manner and only with men. I'm a trans man, he, him, she's a cis woman. We did try to open up once and during the process of finding the guy I was going to hook up with, she seemed fine. But after all was said and done, she basically flipped out. The combo almost always seems to drag out statements from her like, one day, I hope I'm enough for you. Oh, no. Or something along (laughs) those lines. I've explained that me wanting to explore with men doesn't mean she's not good enough or lacking. But I was wondering if you had any tips or ideas on how to navigate this. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a challenging one. Um, I would say, first, that idea that I'm not enough there's a part of that is kind of left. If some of it's left over from that monogamous thinking that we were all brought up with, so that that she would need to want to work through that and learn how to drop those. And again, she could do that with a professional if she's having help with that. But also, those not enough ideas. It's also just very human. I mean, we all have moments in our lives where we think, "I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not as." good in the sack as she is. So it's also very human. So again, coming from that place of, of empathy and, and just understanding that that is something that can be worked through to regain some confidence and some strength there, but you have to want to do the work. 
mm-hmm. um, whether you do it on your own and you have to, you know, want to change that type of thinking because it's that thinking will create the feelings of jealousy, anger, or resentment. Um, and then that can create some dysfunctional behavior in the relationship that isn't very helpful. So it can be important, I think, to learn how to, again, work on boundaries and agreements in that type of a relationship and base that also on each person's needs. So coming to agreements that are mutually, joyfully, and willingly agreed to by each party. And another thing in terms of uh, when when they said that, um, you know, just go do what you want. I think one thing that remember is the difference between open approval and open awareness. Have you either of you heard of this? No. Okay. So um, I learned about this, this years ago, but the idea is that if you are in some sort of an open relationship, open approval is when you're not allowed to do X with somebody else without that person's prior approval. So you're not allowed to have you know sex with Susie unless I give you permission first, whereas open awareness or a discussion of some sort. Um, whereas open awareness is each person can do what they want, you know, within the agreements and the awareness is the next time that we see each other, you know, before we say have sexual relations, if that's the case, again, I'll let you know, Hey, you know, I, I got intimate with on my date the other night, I wanted you to know. And, um, and so coming from a place of a little bit more freedom in that way, but that idea of talking through having a language, I think around difficult topics can really help make it easier to talk about, but understanding the difference between open approval or open awareness is something that they could put in their agreements and having really good agreements and well-defined boundaries can help each person feel safe. So it can help the person that's maybe feeling a little bit more jealous feel a sense of safety because, Hey, we, you know, we've, we've had some really good, honest talks. We've worked through this. And then also the other person can go and explore with a little less guilt and shame because again, it's been talked about. So I would say uh, that, that would be my main advice. Yeah. I like, I like that. I didn't, didn't really know that. I mean, I know that people have those dynamics of like, or those agreements of when do we talk about, is it you know before or after? And I'm sure it changes, right? Like, okay, well let's try it this one way and see how that feels, especially if it's new. Right. All right. That didn't feel so good. Let's try it this other way and figuring mm-hmm. it out. And I like the part that you said about the worthiness thing. And I think that there, again, back to that issue of like, our partner's supposed to fill our worthiness cup, you know, their love and their attention to just to us is supposed to make us whole and good enough. And, you know, and some people again are going to be designed to just be with like content with one person for a number of years or maybe for the rest of their lives. And, um, and you know, and and that's fine. But even within that relationship to have that person Mm -hmm. fill your worthiness cup is a lot of pressure, whether it's monogamous Mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. Um, so I like that, yeah, that yeah. that piece about like committing to doing that extra work around the worthiness. Yeah, I'm glad that you said it the way you did too, because I like to think of each of us as being a cup where when we're we're fully resourced with a full cup, or like say you know we're suffering from you know grief, or we're upset about something, or we're tired or hungry. You know, your cup's not as full, but you can also fill your cup with things that bring you joy, like going to see live music or hang out with friends. Like how can you fill your own cup so that you always are enough for yourself, you know, and you're not necessarily another way uh, Michael Rios has described it is to try not to use other people as emotional vending machines. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like trying to pull your love and your, your sense of worthiness from other people, like to create it inside of yourself. Yeah. 
I love it. We have one more sex question, but you have so much valuable information. I think if anyone oh, is cool. like, Oh my God, cause I feel lost and that you're getting answers, but like you work, you coach people and you can work with people online and we'll give more information at the end on how sure. to do that. But um, everyone, you all know that she, if you listen regularly, April and I are huge, huge fans of not trying to figure out on our own. Um, you know, April's currently looking for therapists in here. I've seen many therapists. April's seen therapists. We love therapy and we love <laughs> coaches and we love seeing people to help us so that we're not in the dark. And, you know, it's, of course, we actually got um, a listener email today. I don't know if you saw it. Someone who said that they've been listening to our podcast and, and they went to your listener podcast on the way to a therapy session. They spent a lot of money on an hour of therapy and that they actually got a ton more out of listening to our podcast than they did from that. And they're now living like their dream life. They got divorced and they're having all this great oh, sex. Wow. They're trying like pegging and fisting. And I was like, yeah. Wait, I like wow. each other? Or, no, oh. she got divorced from uh, her, her I thought husband. maybe the divorce brought out all the no. with each other. Like, no. okay, we're divorced and now, we're gonna... now we can peg. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to help you with this stuff on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like that. I read that. I was like, yeah, I love it. But, you know, yes, listen to podcasts, but also receive help. Okay, so last question. My wife and I have been together for four years and married for one, and I got together with her knowing that she was polyamorous. She said she didn't have an issue with being mono, so monogamous, for me, but with the understanding that it wouldn't last forever. Well, she has finally brought up to me that she wants to start sleeping with other people, other guys. She has explained that it's only for pleasure and not for a relationship. So I guess if it's just for pleasure, she, I mean, again, if the definition of poly, right, is a relationship, correct? It's more like your relationship building? Relationship structure. Relationship yep. structure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds like she's looking for more open relationship. She mm-hmm. says that she loves being with me and wants nothing more for our love and life to continue. She also says that it's also fair for me to sleep with anyone I want as well. The problem I'm having, though, is it's hard for me to admit I have a fragile male ego. It's very difficult for me to be okay with her having sex with other guys. I want to change that, but it's not easy. I will do whatever it takes to make our marriage work because I want to spend my life with her. Any suggestions on how to basically get over myself so we don't have too many issues? I love that he admitted to having yeah. a um, male ego. His yeah. male ego. Yeah. Right here. That was the first thing. I know. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do too. I like him because of the vulnerable share, sharing there, right? Talk about vulnerably sharing your feelings without making her wrong. Yeah. That's an excellent example of that, right? But I also love his can-do attitude. I am willing to change. Yeah. And, you know, I'm ready to put in the work. And, you know, really that's half the battle is just that decision and that commitment and he's making it. So I think that's half the battle. So he's starting from a really great position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing for him to think about in terms of the fragile male ego is just to remember, like we were saying before, that idea of abundance versus scarcity. So um, the idea that, you know, love and even sex, it's not something that gets depleted like a bank account. You know, it doesn't go down and then just go away and poof, you've got zero. It's something that can grow with more people. And the only thing that really is limited is time. You know, so I think, you know, time management is always critical when you are talking about multiple partners. But that working on his fragile male ego, there's lots of different tips. And uh, one tip I'll give is creating what I call a 50 stack or 50 stack of awesome. And what I mean by that is, you know how David Letterman used to do top 10 list. Or yeah. if you can li- okay. So yeah. it's kind of like the, the 50 list, right? But he could make a list of whatever it is that triggers him when he thinks about, you know, I have a fragile male ego. So he can make a list about, you know, why am I an amazing lover? Or why does my wife think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread? And she's, you know, I'm her number one guy, no matter what else she's out there doing. And you can start small. I just make that first top 10 list and then just keep adding to it. 
And what you're doing is you're kind of creating like a neural anchor and focusing on the positive. One thing I learned is that we have an average of 80,000 thoughts a day and like <laughs> 60, 60 yeah. to 80% of them on the average person are totally negative. Yeah. So it's amazing. You know, of course we're all kind of walking around depressed and angry and, you know, cause we're all telling ourselves really sad stories, right? So creating like that 50 stack of awesome, it's really forcing in this case, this gentleman to focus on the positive and to keep reminding himself and to, to do it from a place of abundance. Like you get to, you know, 48, well, there's gotta be two more. What are two more? You know, so keep challenging. You you print it out and you put it on your closet door. So your (laughs) wife can read it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's also something you can have a lot of fun with, right? You can make it silly. You can make it, you can decorate it. Right. Um, but also when those feelings come up, you know, I, um, she's going to want somebody else better than me or, you know, my ego is fragile. You know, that's one of the things you could write is, you know, my, my ego isn't fragile. It's freaking strong as all get out. I'm, it's as strong as an ox. And, um, but you know, you can always reread it, but also you can challenge yourself to write another 50 until that thought goes away. So again, it, these things take work, but it doesn't mean that they're impossible. And uh, it is work that, you know, somebody can do on their own. But once again, there are people who specialize in, in helping people work through that, um, encouraging them and, and giving them some tools and tricks of the trade for how to get to the other side of that. But it's totally doable. So that would be my, my biggest piece of advice is yay for, for this gentleman who's you know really fighting for his marriage and also his own emotional and mental health and saying, I'm committed to changing this because I know I can do better. So yay for that. And that's half the battle. And he totally can do it. So that, that would be my main thing. We love you, listener. You're awesome. We said this on our last podcast. We love when we have um, men writing in and, you know, they're like cis men writing in and they're like bearing their vulnerability, talking about how they want to be an ally for their, you know, their cis, cis women partners. And we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we like your style. Um, uh-huh. okay, I want to ask you real quick, one, about your book and two, about how people can work with you. Because again, there's so much with these people feeling super lost in navigating this, whether you've been doing non-traditional relationships for a long time or you're new to it. Um, and some of the books you already talked about, like the ethical slut, I think, um, maybe sex of Dawn. I think I know we have the ethical slut at purepleasureshop.com, but our listeners get 15% off with coupon code shameless sex on nice. purepleasureshop.com on everything. that's sex stories too. Um, your book that reminds us the name where people can get it and then also how they can work with you. Sure. So my book is Jealousy Survival Guide, How to Feel Safe, Happy, and Secure in an Open Relationship. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to find that is simply on Amazon. It's there in print, Kindle, and recently released on Audible too, right before Christmas, which I was really proud about. That took a while. And (laughs) read by yours truly. Oh, they use your voice because they don't always. Sometimes they're like, we don't like your voice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, I read it myself, which was fun. It was a lot of fun. There's even a little Easter egg at the end, which I'm like, what it is. Um, And then also in terms of working with me, you can go to lovingwithoutboundaries.com. And on there, you'll see there's a coaching link and right there, you can book a free initial call with me. So that's the easiest way you can learn all about my work and also uh, find out more about my blog and my podcast there as well. So it was just lovingwithoutboundaries.com. Everyone go check it out. And again, we'll be on uh, Kitty's podcast coming up soon um, whenever that comes out but just go go subscribe yes. subscribe you're, and you're on all the apps too itunes google play etc i am mm-hmm. okay. yep awesome. absolutely 
Um, and then, uh, Kitty, we're so, so wonderful. We've done one, I think we've done one or two episodes on, on, on I think two, only maybe two episodes on Not a lot. No, yeah, non-monogamy, but I really like the terminology that you're using as, uh, as, um, uh, non-traditional because I think that it's more inclusive of all the different, different dynamics that are available. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's different controversy and I like it as well. And I also think it's accessible. Like people can understand that typically, um, and I'm glad we explained it here just in case they, they don't. <laughs> well, thank you, Kitty, for everything that you're doing and for enlightening us on non-traditional relationships and how to do it properly and how to do it well and to feel good about that. So can't wait to see you again soon on our Absolutely. show. Yes. We made it happen. We, we had a couple errors. Yeah. 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 It was cursed for a minute there. I was like, it's never going to yeah. happen. No, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for your patience. And I've loved getting to know you and yeah. meeting you at the Sex Expo. You both are delightful. So thank you so much um, for having me. Thank you. And to all of our listeners out there, you know how much we love you. If you're into drinking wine, guess what? Margins Wine's going to have a new release soon. This episode airs in 2020, the beginning of 2020. So that's January 2020. And she, meaning Megan Bell, the winemaker, is going to have a brand new release. Remember, she's only doing a couple releases a year. So if you're not on the newsletter, go to marginswine.com and get on that newsletter. When you use the code SHAMELESSX10 on her website, on this limited release, you get 10% off three bottles or more. And if you use the code SHAMELESSX15 and you're buying six bottles or more, you get 15% off. Go to marginswine.com, y'all. All right. We love you. We love our listeners. We're going to see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. <laughs> Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.